the camouflage organization created for the medical killing of adults and children in Hitler's Germany was known as the Reich Work Group of Sanatoriums and Nursing Homes. At Tiergarten 4, or T4, the physician who ran it is still alive and practicing today. You're listening to ReachMDXM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Shira Johnson, your host, and with me today is Dr. Michael J. Franzblau, a physician and ethicist. Dr. Franzblau is a clinical professor of dermatology emeritus at the University of California, San Francisco. His work of recent years has been as an ethicist, and he has been deeply involved in discovering and revealing the war crimes of another physician, Dr. Hans Joachim Severing, who was employed by Hitler's Germany and who is still alive and practicing today. Today we're discussing the role of the physician and medical ethics during the Nazi regime. Dr. Franz Blau, thanks for being with us today. You're very welcome. So how did you become involved in medical ethics? Well, at the age of 60, I became aware of the fact that people like myself who had served in the armed forces during the Second World War were fast disappearing from the scene. And I was very, very concerned that the activities of physicians during the so-called Third Reich, uh, the Nazi period from 33 to 45, would be forgotten by uh, medical students soon to become physicians. And for that reason, I created a course called Nazi Medicine, Lessons for American Physicians with a Question Mark, and have taught it at both UC in San Francisco and at Stanford uh, Medical School in Palo Alto to second-year medical students as an elective. And how did you first become aware of the T4 program? Well, in the course of my reading, I relied upon the scholarship, in my view, one of the finest medical historians I've ever read. The book was called Racial Hygiene, and the author was Professor Robert Proctor, who is the professor of medical history at Stanford University. T4 was the abbreviation for the address of a house in Berlin, owned initially by a Jewish family who were murdered, and then the the house was taken over by the Nazis. And its address was Tiergartenstrasse 4, which was a very, very affluent area of uh, Berlin. In that building, three psychiatrists and three pediatricians looked at questionnaires sent to them from all over Germany dealing with both mental patients, uh, adult patients with serious chronic illnesses like tuberculosis, and equally important, children born with birth defects. They made a decision who was to live and who was to die, never having examined any of these people, but passing on them on the basis of whether they met the criteria for murder, which was in the case of adults, an inability to work. In the case of children, the fear that if they reached adulthood and created children, it would pollute the German germ plasm. And what did they do with these questionnaires and ultimately these adults and these children? Well, it required participation by physicians in every single part of Germany to uh, send to the to the central authority in Berlin, as, as we have called it, T4, uh, information based on whether these patients, in the case of adults, had mental illnesses which would uh, be unable to be uh, treated in a manner that would permit them to work. And in the case of chronic illnesses such as tuberculosis, uh, 
the treatment was so unsatisfactory that they wanted them killed as the phrase used, they were useless eaters. In the case of the children, it was available to any physician who had a child with a born with a birth defect. And what did they what did they do to these children and these Well, what took place was they established initially so-called healing centers throughout Germany. There were approximately 16 they were actually killing centers, but the Germans were very, very effective in hiding what they were attempting to do. And in these uh, killing centers, the following techniques were used. In the case of children, they were starved to death and injected with barbiturates. Those are uh, chemicals that sedate the body, and a child could be killed in 15 days using this technique. In the case of the adults, Interestingly, uh, for the first time, the Germans used fake shower rooms to which they injected carbon monoxide to kill their own people. This was actually a prelude to their killing that took place six, seven years later in the mass concentration killing camps such as uh, Auschwitz, Birkenau, Soberbohr. The point I'm sharing with you is that it was required for physicians to participate in every part of this program, whether it was filling in the questionnaires, the decision to who was to live and who was to die, and finally physicians were physically required to be present during the killing process in all of these institutions. Interestingly enough, not a single physician was ever punished if he or she did not want to participate. There is a myth out there that German doctors had guns at their temple during this entire period, and they they complied with the requests of the Nazis because of fear of being killed. That is a myth. The fact of the matter is that physicians participated in these programs with a degree of enthusiasm because they viewed it as a method of creating a master race. So what was the role of Dr. Severing in T4? Well, Dr. Severing, interestingly enough, got on the bandwagon very early. We have documentation based on his, uh, I have an exact copy of his membership in both the SS and the Nazi Party in 1933 when Hitler came to power. So he was an enthusiastic supporter of the concepts of Nazism and racial superiority. He was a physician trained to treat chest diseases, such as bronchitis, tuberculosis, etc., and was assigned to a sanatorium just outside of Munich uh, called Schoenbrunn Sanatorium, which had been in existence for a 100 years and operated by a group of very, very dedicated nuns from the Franciscan order. He rose to be the chief uh, physician in this enterprise, and during the period 1942 to 45, it is alleged that he participated in the sending of at least 900 children to their death at a healing center, which was in Munich itself and was called Egelfing Har. It was initially a metal hospital, but the Nazis changed its name and called it a healing center. Tell me some of the hard evidence, because I know you have it, some of the hard evidence you have against Dr. Severing today. Right. Well, the, the hard evidence consists of specific transfer orders signed by Dr. Severing during this period. Now, as you probably know, there is no statute of limitations on murder in most civilized countries. 
and the only crimes that are still punishable in Germany today are crimes of murder. And Dr. Severing, based on our interpretation of the law, was as guilty as the person who actually injected the child with barbiturates by acting as the nexus, the person who started the uh, plan of killing by signing these transfer orders. And these orders are present in a apparently a hidden repository, not in Munich proper, but at another site in Germany. And I have been unsuccessful in getting access to them, but we have found five in which Dr. Severing's name is attached. And in my view, the killing of one is as important as the killing of a hundred. Murder is murder, and in my view, Dr. Severing to this day has blood on his hands, has never shown any remorse, and has indicated that he doesn't know anything about anything. Where is he now, and how has he been unable to escape conviction and continue practicing? Well, Dr. Severing lives in the town of Dachau. Dachau is infamous because it was the first concentration camp uh, created by Hitler in 1933. But he has practiced successfully in that town since 1946, when he first came there. Now, it's interesting to me that Dr. Severing, being a member of the Nazi Party and the SS, the Black Shirts, was convicted in a denazification court in 1946, specifically September the 7th of that year, as a middle-level member of the SS, which is and was considered a criminal organization. Then why is he allowed free today? The reasons, and this is speculation on my part, but I think that it's based on some solid facts. Dr. Severing became very, very active politically in the uh, province of Bavaria, in which uh, Dachau is located. He eventually became president of the German Medical Association. He became a senator in the parliament of the Bavarian state, and it's on that basis that I think he phoned friendships that have protected him all these years. Dr. Franz Blau, thank you for being my guest today. We've been discussing medical ethics and the role of the physician in Hitler's Germany. And I'm Dr. Shira Johnson. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM 157, the channel for medical professionals. To comment or to listen to our full library of podcasts, visit us at ReachMD.com. Register with the promo code RADIO and receive six months free streaming for your home or office. Thank you for listening.